0: So then I also have, I have this practice chanter here. This is one that I 3D printed. The soul is uh, the head of Cthulhu himself. It's all plastic. Actually, do I have a read in this one? I don't have a read in it. We
1: don't have a read in any of the good ones. (laughs) Well, it sounds great. I mean, I couldn't hear a single mistake.
0: No piper goes straight to the bagpipes. We all know that. We always start with a practice chanter. My personal first encounter with a practice chanter. I was a child, probably about 9 or 10 years old. My dad went to the Scottish festival in the town where I grew up and came home with a light colored wood grain chanter with a white plastic mouthpiece on it. Maybe it was rosewood, maybe it was balsa wood, maybe it was just popsicle sticks. I don't think air went all the way through it when we blew on it. I think it maybe gave us some slivers. Might have been a discouraging experience for him, actually, if he came home excited thinking that he and I were both going to learn how to play bagpipes. And then I don't know if he thought to himself, oh, this is not a good practice chanter, or if he just thought to himself, like, oh, we're both miserable at learning how to play bagpipes. So, yeah, yeah, let's give up on that dream.
1: It's funny, right? So, if you know absolutely nothing about the bagpipes and then you get one of those practice chanters, basically the problem with it is it's essentially just a toy and it doesn't really pertain to what we're trying to do. So, it could be really discouraging. But let's talk about what makes that bad. So, what makes that Cheap practice chanter, bad. Like, we can list the things. I think the most important thing is if it makes a sound at all, it's so. I suppose maybe this one didn't even really make a sound or barely made a sound,
0: yeah. And in my right. memory, climbing back, so maybe the problem was actually the read. Maybe if we'd switched the read out, maybe it would have worked. But, uh, yeah, and, and I have since then, I had you know, like, there was a husband wife pair that came to the band's free class for a while. And they sh- were poor college students who just really wanted to learn to play bagpipes. And they were sharing a chanter that looked very much like that one. But with a little bit of work, we got out a Dremel on it and stuff, cleaned some of the holes out. It ended up working and both of them learned how to play quite well on it. So, yeah, know,
1: maybe I luck had with one the draw stuff I, like that too. But. I had one that I got and it was like, oh, with a couple pieces of tape, actually sounded okay. And I mm-hmm. played it for a while just c- to be strange. But then the die from the chanter started coming yes, off on my yeah. hands and... <laughs> Yeah. So I think what makes the chanter a bad chanter will give us clues as to what would make a good one. Mm. So first of all, like it should, especially if you're a beginner, it should make a sound and it should make a sound pretty easily. Like the resistance of the reed shouldn't be too strong. And then it should be without too much effort. It should be able to produce a good sounding scale that properly hits all the intervals of the pipe chanter scale. This one here, right? It's like pretty much the bagpipe scale there. It's nice and toneful. You can hear the music in it. With some chanters, by the way, some even some chanters that are supposed to be good, that you pay good money for, that people might recommend to you, one of my criticisms of them is the note intervals aren't quite right. So the high G is super sharp, or The C or the F is super flat or something like that. And so right from the get-go, you're learning to play the instrument, but the actual notes that you're playing don't really pertain to good musical intervals that we're going to want. I remember this chanter, this was actually my first chanter that my dad gave me on my seventh birthday, I want to say, but I didn't really take any interest in it until my eighth birthday. But this is a nail practice chanter. It's very like short and stubby. And uh, I don't think no read in it right now, but, Mm. uh, but it's still a great chanter and, uh, sounded really good. Although definitely, in retrospect had a really sharp high G. Mm. So it took a while for me to not habitually under blow the high G because it was so sharp on the practice chanter. So we want to try and find one with really nice pure notes. If you're a total beginner, or if you don't know what nice pure notes sound like That's where a teacher or a mentor would come in really handy. They could help you set you up with a chanter. And if you do have a chanter with some sharp notes, you can always use a little bit of tape on your practice chanter too. But that would be one of the things I would look for, for sure. And of course, some of the other stuff too that you might find on a cheap practice chanter would be the whole spacing isn't quite right or doesn't quite match what you're eventually going to graduate to on the pipe chanter. And then there's some mild PG rated debate about whether or not your practice chanter should have countersunk holes or whether they can just be like the plain drilled holes that aren't countersunk. Mm. I don't really have an opinion either way. I kind of, I like both types of chanters, Mm -hmm. but the countersunk seems to be what most people believe is what you should have because it helps get your hands used to the size of the holes.
0: Right. It feels like Um, a bigger hole.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are the main qualities that I look for. And then the main, the other thing for me now is I really like this uh, from Geordie, the Maverick practice chanter here. They're uh, so pretty. I, it looks cool. Right. Yeah. I think. And then it's got, you, you can't really tell watching the video here, but mm-hmm. it's got a nice weight to it that I really like mm-hmm. that sort of just feels nice and comfortable in the hands, this is a new Gibson chanter that's long, right? And it's got the countersunk holes and it's just a bit lighter. It's not, I don't enjoy playing it that much, but that could be different. That this could be something you really like. Sure. Yeah. Uh, And just for whatever reason, I like the heavier. So you just, over time, you'll probably get a chance to feel a few different practice chanters in your hands and try a few. Of course, Uh,
0: like that's the ideal, right? If you have a chance to go to a band practice and just hold a few different people's chanters, look at them, you might find a preference coming up that way now yep, w- w- yep. when you mentioned the notes the sound being pure maybe it's important to point out too of course it's nice when if you're in a pipe band situation if everybody has matching practice chanters and matching chanter reads, you can get pretty close to sounding the same i kind of doubt that it ever gets really too perfect but w- what you're talking about to be clear is the difference in the interval jump from note to note within that yeah. own chanters system so that you by yourself practicing are going to have at least a pretty accurate experience yeah of what
1: it exactly sound like. exactly right yeah it should have that do re mi fa sol la
0: ti, there's that weird do. one yeah <laughs> we got the
1: flat 7 so it's not quite a do re mi fa sol la ti do but pretty close yeah it should have that sound to it right mm. do re mi fa sol la ti do it should have that
0: yeah you know, you mentioned technically
1: the... technically it's not exactly do because we have a flat <laughs> 7 we play the mixolydian <laughs> right yeah scale so it's not exactly the same but that's the vo- general vibe we're looking for it should be musical like like you would hear uh, if someone's saying a scale to you it should sound the same as when your practice channer when you're playing that scale yeah
0: yeah i thought you were gonna take us all the way down into whether or not our practice chanter's ought to be have equal temperament or just intonation for our intervals Oh, well, um, we could
1: and then the practice yeah. channer technically you would want it to be justly tuned just on paper tuned. anyway yeah, there you go yeah now you, you, just tuned and not equal tempered
0: you mentioned you have that long one there after my my negative experience with the early practice chander when i finally got into classes and stuff when i was i think i was 14 i got man now i can't remember the brand name it's one of the big ones one of the very common you know derlin material regular length practice chanders i mm-hmm. did melt the end of it it's that material is flammable i like with a lighter yeah. i lit the end of it on fire and it looked nice. kind of cool afterward, but maybe wasn't as playable anymore. And so when I, the next practice chanter, which is the one that I still use most of the time was a long practice chanter. And at the time I felt like there was something about the long practice chanter that was superior, right? Like that maybe it sounded better. Honestly, over the years, I've come to think like anytime somebody says this practice chanter sounds so great. I started thinking like, I feel kind of like that's a relative thing. No practice chanter sounds super great. It maybe sounds better than other practice chanter, but maybe that's just me
1: but some of like, them sound pretty good. Why like did the I Lincoln think, Hilton, like ooh, the Lincoln Hilton, like the Lincoln Hilton ES session. The session one. Yeah. Chanters, yeah. you know, that's something that's actually designed to sound like a professional instrument. It, it, isn't so, that interesting
0: that it's its own instrument. It like ceases yeah. to be a practice thing that you use just to get onto the pipes or to get ready for pipes. It's, no, this is its own thing. I guess you could treat any practice chanter like that as a separate instrument. This is a thing and has crossover yep. applicability to this other instrument. Sure. But, uh,
1: well, I mean when you look at a small pipe, small pipe chanters are essentially just practice chanters, aren't they? I mean I'm pretty limited in my small pipe. Someone's going to get but...
0: so yeah, yeah. someone's going to get fired up about that statement sorry, right small, there, Andrew. <laughs> sorry small
1: pipers, but you're really just you're really just playing like the beginner's <laughs> goose. That's basically
0: it. <laughs> Somebody's going to send Breja Campbell and some of the other like big dog small pipers right after you right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, I hope, I hope that people could sense that I was being a little sarcastic there. Yeah. But have
0: you tried like a, like a, like a set of D small pipes, for example, mm. D like, like just the, the massive difference in hole spacing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Such a big difference. And it's an interesting exercise to go through that.
1: Yeah. With my giant bare hands, um, the D small pipes are very tricky because it's much higher in pitch. Therefore holes much closer together. So So you're like, you're working, working in a really small area.
0: They'll change which fingers they're using. They'll take like a ring finger or a middle finger out and use a pinky to squeeze on there better.
1: Oh, see, this is just, this is one of the many reasons that you should just not play small pipes too much.
0: (laughs) I need the screen to now go blank. It's just like, Jim has left the chat. Just (laughs) disappear now. (laughs) But what about white? Like, why do you think I had this idea in my head that long chanters were superior? Are they in any way? Was that a thing going on at the time when I was a kid, or was I think that it's just a my perception.
1: I think it's a I think it's a man thing.
0: Mm, it's a man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see. This is like a like an unconscious psychological kind of thing that was going on.
1: Yeah, I think all men and adolescent boys will have a phase where they really believe that a long practice chanter is the name of the game. And then maybe over time, it might become less about practice gender length and more what you can do with it. I'm thinking.
0: It makes so did much we sense. Just, yeah. Did we
1: just uh, subconsciously set up this whole podcast for that joke?
0: Uh, yeah. It yep. might have it was, it was also all leading thing. to this. All,
1: also a man thing. We Men love these types of jokes. Yeah, but I think so. I think so. I think mm. it's just a man thing.
0: Yeah. So then I also have, I have this practice chanter here. This is one that I 3D printed. The soul is uh, the head of Cthulhu himself. It's all plastic. Actually,
1: do I have a read in this one?
0: I don't have a read in (laughs) it.
1: We don't have a read in any of the good ones. (laughs) Well, it sounds great. I mean, I couldn't hear a single mistake.
0: So then considering the, like all these, like we talked about the session chanter, which is made out of metal. We've got various kinds of plastics. We've got woods. Does that matter? Like in the end? Like you mentioned, for example, that you liked the feel of that Maverick, that it's heavier. Does that motivate Mm -hmm. you to practice more? Would that be something someone might consider when deciding what to get?
1: Yeah, I think wood is just sort of always going to be more fragile than plastic. Mm. So if you have a little kid that's starting the bagpipes, maybe plastic is a good way to start, maybe, or or maybe have wood anyway. But, you know, you can learn a little bit of just being careful with your instrument and stuff as well with a wooden Mm -hmm. one. The wooden one's going to be more fragile and more expensive, so you just you're going to want to treat it super kindly and carefully, and maybe it produces a warmer tone or something like that relative to plastic. I guess I would be more concerned about how pristine my bagpipe sounds and not super concerned with whether or not my practice chanter is producing like truly Im- immaculate sounds mm. or something like that. But with all that said, I think as long as you're doing no damage to your development of your finger work, it should all come down to what you prefer and what you enjoy. hundred mm. percent. So maybe you enjoy the long practice chanter. Maybe with a short practice chanter, students are like learning with their elbows on the table and exhibiting really not good posture. Mm. So that might be an argument for having a long chanter that you can rest on your knee and maintain good posture. And mm-hmm. so there there could be developmental points in there, but beyond that, it would be mostly just whatever you enjoy playing the most mm-hmm. and what feels the most comfortable on your hands.
0: And that's a great point. Yeah. Have you ever tried a, yeah. a cane um, practice chanter yeah. reed? Yes. I used one for a brief period when I was a pipe major because the volume was so much louder so I could be heard around the table, but that was a lot of work. I got, my face was in the best shape of its life. Well, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it is a good point. I was thinking that recently at the worlds, uh, the most difficult part of the day, stamina wise is when we do the practice channel run throughs, Yeah, you know? uh, So playing practice channel does definitely help develop your, your face strength (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure.